Well, hello everyone, and welcome to yet again another voyage here on. Well, these are the voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me, um, as always, we have my good friend Lieutenant Commander Eric, and of course Lieutenant Commander David, Mother of Dragons, first of his name, sometimes ensign, sometimes first officer, President of Unknown Regions, Jedi Master, sometimes Sith Lord. Who knows, David? Heavyweight champion of the world! I'm just waiting for, like, we need to get your title longer and longer, like, with each episode. That's what we need to do. <laughs> good grief, good grief. Well, everyone, we are back at it once again with good old Star Trek Prodigy. And I don't know about you guys, but I am so incredibly excited to be talking about this show once again. It has been far too long. I mean, it's only been, like, what, six weeks? But still, it feels like much, much longer than six weeks. Man. Like, they should have just gave us 10 episodes of this and then Discovery after that. Like, what is this? Like, okay, five episodes of Discovery or this. How many? Six, seven episodes of Discovery? Seven or eight? There's at least seven. Yeah, yeah. And then now now another five episodes of this and then more Discovery? What's up with that? Just give us all of it in a row. I would have been so happy with that. It makes you kind of wonder if they had confidence in it at all. In this show? Yeah, yeah, well, in either. Maybe it was like an either or. It's like, just throw it against the wall. What are they like? What are they not like? I I don't know, but I don't get the split season thing. I I think that was a mistake. I can't imagine they didn't have confidence in this show. Well, the story goes goes with this. (laughs) The, The thing that with this, though, is that... Um, from from various news outlets, there were like production challenges in the sense of like getting everything animated in time. So the first, I guess, four or five, depending on how you count it, episodes that we we've already watched were already in the can. But I guess it was like the next five or six or however many we have left. I think it's a ten episode count for this season. Um, there was still like some back back end animation that still needed to be finished. So. There we go. But I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, we'll get to something here, here in just a little bit. Before we get um, too excited and, and too far into it with talking about, you know, good old Prodigy returning, how have you been? How's, how's your week been, guys? That's been good. I've been busy. New job. Week two of new job. Uh, wrangling people. <laughs> trying to teach people what being salaried means mm. <laughs> being salaried you know. does not mean you were on call at your no 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 not, <laughs> no it does it doesn't some but they're, bosses they're think just, it does they, no that's true but they, there are some there are some responsibilities it, it's more responsibility for yourself you have to be more responsible for your own tasks your own tracking your own attendance and so forth so it yeah but no I <laughs> well I mean if you've ever worked restaurant, you know, food and beverage in general, it's almost like being salaried, but you're being paid crappy hourly wages and working <laughs> 60 hours. So I remember that too. But no, yeah, this this week's been uh, actually pretty good. Um, so yeah, I can't complain about anything. You know, Eric, having been a, a, a former professional with the Boy Scouts, you are you are on call 24-7. Then pay me extra, like... You know, I know. I know. I mean, I'm, I work in education. 
the entire education system in this country is built upon unpaid teacher overtime. Like, like, let's just face it, that's a fact, right? I get my, I'm on salary, but I get my paycheck and it says 40 hours. Like, they're paying me for 40 hours a week. I guarantee you I'm working <laughs> way more than 40 hours, right? Like, yeah. if I only worked from, let's, okay, let's call it seven to four, right? That's nine hours, Let's and let's give myself an hour lunch in there, right? To get my day. Right. If I only ever worked Monday to Friday from 7 to 4, there's no way in hell I could do my job, right? Because there's just not, like, I just have so much stuff to do extra. Sure. Sure. Well, that that that's why, Eric, you need to promote a healthy work-life balance. Mm. Welcome to my TED talk. I'm trying, mm. right? Let's I'm go. <laughs> but it's. I mean, that's that's what I that's what I tell people all the time. I mean, legitimately, you have to balance a healthy home life with your work. Like, if you need to go do something, do it. Come back. Make sure you're you are putting in the forty for sure. But like, take care of the stuff, especially now with all the. You know the c word that's out there i i I, i'm shunning the word now so i don't want to even say it anymore uh some people might think i'm saying a naughty word but i'm not um but but yeah i mean you you gotta have you gotta have the balance it really does count for something and i think more people are shit not everyone but i think probably people our age and younger are starting to shift more and more towards that because i mean let's let's face it i watch well, I still watch my parents who own their own business work themselves to the bone. Thankfully, they love what they do, but they also work themselves to the bone, and they're in their 60s, you know, yeah. so. So there, um, one, one thing that was taught to me um, just as, like, a little hack for how to, like, I don't know, keep yourself accountable, like, whenever you work for the man or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it does – I guess this doesn't always work, but um, – Work again. Working for the Boy Scouts at one point, um, I would always have like volunteers. Like it's a nonprofit organization. I work with volunteers. I'm doing volunteer management, among other things. And I would carry my planner around with me, and like my my volunteers would like be like seeing like my schedule, like whenever I'd open it up. So like I would create like coded language on my planner to where they would think it was something that it actually wasn't, basically. So like um, I would put like pack, you know, I don't know, five sixty two or something like that, um, and they would think that I was like meeting with a pack at that time. When in reality, that number was just like the address or whatever, or the street number for where I lived. It was it was my appointment with myself to be at home, basically. So you led by false information. Got You're it. Darn right I did. <laughs> You're darn right I did. And it worked. It worked. I mean, like, like some of my volunteers, like, they caught on, but they, like, they kind of kept the secret, which, which worked out. But, yeah, you, you, you got to, like, do that, man. Like, here we are. First show of the new year. And, uh, and yeah, we're, we're talking about work-life balance. Welcome to our, like David said, welcome to our TED Talk. <laughs> Not officially sanctioned by Ted. Thanks a lot. That'd be kind of crazy though. If we could get on board doing a TED talk, wouldn't that be something though? Like, I, like, I, listen, like, you know, what, 
What does a TED Talk mean? I don't. I honestly, I'm not kidding. I have no idea what a TED Talk actually is. People use that and they say, "Welcome to my TED Talk," but I honestly have no idea what that is. Have you watched a TED Talk? Let me uh, ask you that. No, like I don't know what it is. It's possible I've watched one, but I don't know what it is. So, so David, are we gonna tell him? I mean, might as well. He did. Well, he didn't really ask. I did ask. I said, what is a TED Talk? <laughs> nah, I, don't, I didn't hear it. So TED Talks are, are on average like 15-minute presentations about something. Like something, it can be like a theme or whatever it might be for like wherever or whatever it is that they're doing, basically. So there's stuff like on law, there's stuff on medical, there's stuff on social issues, things like that. And typically the presenter is not supposed to be looking at like the screen like like you would like a, a normal powerpoint presentation and like it's a room filled and usually they're very like sage like in their presentation they're very informative like i, I love a good ted talk um i don't know david would you agree was there anything that you'd add to that maybe no i mean that's yeah that's essentially what it, what it is i mean I, th there are some really good ones out there and there are a lot of big names that do them but, you know, to Eric's point, it, it definitely has almost become a bit of a meme now where it, you know, it, depending on who you who you talk to, it winds up almost being like a, an analogy for like a long winded conversation, despite the fact that the actual TED Talks are relatively short. And that's the point, because you could go to a lecture. I mean, well, the, the two of you have both been in educational type settings where I'm sure you have you know, put on your, your whatever wear a professor wears, uh, my, you know, my, your, your sport, sport coats coat and your blazers the, and my, your... Yeah, with the elbow package, <laughs> right? Yeah, the little... The, the elbow <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and have held court, so to speak, with, with, your, with the willing minds of tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, in, in, the, in the media age that we're in now where everything is soundbited to keep attention it is deemed more applicable to have much shorter, shorter sort of mini lecture. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of good stuff. A lot of, a lot of good Ted talks out there. Um, and they, they go from city to city, like from continent to continent. Uh, they're, they're really good. So anyway, well, this has been, this is, I mean, for, for David, you said that this was a, um, a pretty good, pretty decent week for you. Um, this has been a wild week for me, man. Like, um, like with my kids, like goodness, like I'm just like, I'm sick of this, this, this time of year, man. Like with like not feeling great and taking kids to doctors and dealing with that, like we had to take my son to, um, the, the children's hospital to get looked at. Um, just some, just, I mean, nothing, nothing too serious, but like, it, it, I mean, he was fine, like within a day, um, but like nothing big. And then my daughter, I mean, she's fine now, but I'm just, I'm just done with like, with winter already. And it just started like, can we, can we talk about that? Like, I'm just done with winter, like North American winter. I'm done with it. North, North American winter in the South. What are you? That's what right. are you talking? Are you you don't even know what winter is anymore. You used to, but you've changed. That's right. No, well, that I mean, that's a that's a real thing. I mean, one of our 
mutual friends, you know, unfortunately is, yeah. you know, been in, in, in with their, their kid. And, you know, my, my mother at the, in December was in the hospital too. So yeah, it's, it's just the time, man. Time mm-hmm. of the year. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas and happy new year, everybody. I salute you. <laughs> oh, good grief. Good grief. All right. Well, well, Eric, do you want to, do you want to, you know, put a bow on this and I don't know, make everything better I after mean, all these conversations? Dad coming. Dad coming. All right. Hey, new new year, new us, boys. You know, you gotta you gotta positive. Put a little spin heck, on it. Heck, net next week, Chase gets to be my chauffeur. That's right. That's right. It's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. And I get to person. meet Eric for the first time ever in person. <laughs> if we play our cards right, we could be recording our next reaction episode in person probably not going to happen oh i think it will okay i think it'll happen we'll just have to delay it <laughs> by a whole day <laughs> sweet all right well more on that later i, I think um do you want you want to talk about some star trek yeah let's talk about some star trek all right so here we are gang we are like i said we are back at talking about good old star trek prodigy one mo again this time we are talking about the episode Kobayashi, and um, so this is your red alert. You've been warned. If you have not watched it, go give it a go, and come on back and hit play. Otherwise, if you don't really care, keep on listening. Now, before we talk about any of the content, I want us to look at the calendar for just one moment. Now, if you if you gents remember, and if if the people out in listener land remember this as well. This was originally, I believe, supposed to come out um, alongside, at least we were led to believe it was going to come, um, come out um, November 18th was the same day that Discovery Season 4 premiered. Just out of curiosity, gang, does anyone remember what the Season 4 premiere episode name was for Discovery? Yes. Eric? I do. Eric, would you remind the people of the listener land what that episode name was by chance? It was entitled Kobayashi Maru. Mm. Mm. Y'all, we almost had a, a twofer. We almost had like a BOGO going on with this. Freaking Kobayashi Maru and Kobayashi could have been on the same doggone day. I feel cheated. Do you? Mm. Do you feel true? Well, that would have been confusing putting out the episode titles. It's like, here you go. Watch Kobayashi. Watch Kobayashi Maru. Hey, which episode are we talking about here? Can you imagine doing reaction? Did I watch the right one for this discussion? <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about the episode Kobayashi. No, that's not that's not a typo. No. Good grief. Yeah, we, we, we had a chance of, of there potentially have been, been two... You know, carryover essential episodes, basically. And um, it, as as much as I wish Prodigy would have just stayed on, and we could have like just finished off like the last five ish episodes of the season, I'm kind of glad that we've kind of done like a little bit of sandwich for now. 
I don't know. That's just me. So, all right. Well, Kobayashi, uh, we we find ourselves um, essentially reeling from what just happened. What had just happened? We had just escaped um, um, the, the the evil planet that was trying to eat everyone and make people trip on like psychedelic vines and everything. Um, Gwen's like you know, kind of still in shock that her, her father chose the ship over her and we're surprised at like what the ship can do now. And here we are, we're kind of like in the moment, like right after everything happens. And with this discussion, we're just trying to figure out what just happened and kind of where we are is, is where we're, we're starting off in this episode. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I was kind of surprised at how far this ship was able to travel with this new protostar drive this proto drive essentially 4000 yeah, light years good yeah, we kind of just like kicked into it in this episode right yeah it's almost like the immediately we don't know how much time has passed but you have to assume it was a very short period of time because they're all like, whoa, what just happened? It's not like, okay, now we're traveling, we're traveling, we got used to it. Right? There was like, bam, 44,000 light years. That's crazy. Just just a wee bit, just a wee bit. And even even Hologram Janeway is, um, who, you know, pops on and like she tries to, you know, she's the one that's essentially initiating the the path, like figuring out like where we, how we got from point A to point B. Even she is is surprised that we've gone from being inside the Delta Quadrant to now being inside the Gamma Quadrant. Mm-hmm. That technology would have been um, uh, fantastic for the Voyager show. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, well, you get the feeling they said like that. You learn later that the engine is like burned out. Was that just because they don't know how to work the ship properly and they, like, ignited the engine, like, in the wrong way and it burned out? Or is that just, like, a natural, like, I don't want to call it design flaw, but is that just, like, it can't, this ship can't sustain this and it has to, like, recuperate somehow? Yeah. Which I'm thinking... That's something that we'll have to learn. Which I'm kind of thinking and hoping that's the case. I mean, like... Why capture a star and harness its power if you can't somehow, you know, have an alternator built in to recharge the dang thing? So, uh, but through all this stuff, uh, we we have um, Gwen, who's kind of off to the side, but we also are we. If I'm not jumping ahead too far, Murph's kind of off somewhere, which kind of leads us to this random bit of snow which turns out to be the good old-fashioned holodeck everyone we got us a holodeck back in back in star trek here well, we go i think i think before that before we get there yeah. we have to we have to talk about like how how dal ends up there and like they have this you know they traveled four thousand light years and they're in the gamma quadrant which is not exactly the federation's you know back door but presumably they're closer to the Federation now than they were before. That's right. So, you know, um, Rock Talk and Janko, they come in and they're like, hey, and Zero, they're, they're all like, listen, 
we want to contact the Federation, right? We want to do this. Uh, we think that's the best thing for this crew. And Dal is like, heck no, we ain't contacting no Federation. I'm the captain here, and we do what I say. And these, they're like, you're the self-appointed captain. You just called yourself the captain. We didn't, we didn't agree that you were the captain. You just said it was, and you know, it's unanimous except for for you that everyone wants to go back to the Federation. And then that's when Dow's like, "Wait, what about Murph?" <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's what I did too. I, I just became the self-appointed captain. I mean, it worked out somehow. So, so are you are you sitting in your office playing that playing that psychedelic game? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> put Hold the disc put the disc in the funnel. I got the therapy edition glasses, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> For anyone wondering, I'm wearing some uh, some tortoiseshell horn rim blue filter glasses. You got to look smart for for the people you work with sometimes online. So, all right. So yeah, we find we find uh, Murph who's um, who's in the holodeck, and it's um, it's an Andoria program that's that's running, and uh, everyone's wondering what the heck this is. And of course, Janeway pops off and says like, "Hey, this is what it is. Welcome to the holodeck. You can try all these different uh, thousands of programs and uh, and." brings up a few some one of which is uh, Dracula one of which is um, her Jane Eyre program which I love that I thought that was fantastic and just the fact that like the character was interacting with Jenkin Pog was just icing on the cake for me just just that contrast I loved it so much Eric's got this big old grin on his face just as I'm talking no, about like, it I think though that Janeway Holla novel was really dumb I thought like it didn't I don't think there was any payoff to that 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 storyline. I'm like, what? What's the reason why she's doing this? Were you hoping that um, Leonardo da Vinci would make a cameo? Jonathan Reese Davies, yeah. Davies, right? yeah, yeah, right. Gimli, good old Gimli. Good old Gimli. Yeah, I mean, they got everybody else in this to do a cameo. Hold up, hold it. Oh boy, oh boy, yes, it, it was cameos abound, man. Hold on, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get there, there my man. Yeah, but but like. You know, we make this joke, it goes back to, like, Mike McMahon at Star Trek Day, right? <laughs> We're going to put, how much Star Trek can we put into Star Trek? The creators of this show were like, hold my beer. Yeah, but the, the, <laughs> right, you know? the, I think the like... difference is, I, I think it became a little bit forced in, like, Lower Decks. And it definitely feels a little forced, although it's it's less in Discovery. But for some reason, when when we when we're in Prodigy and you have all these little things like the the stupid psychedelic game or the future cameos that we'll talk about, I actually really enjoyed it. I don't know why exactly. If it's just it's just done better, but I didn't mind that at all. No, I didn't mind it at all. It's like when you go back to Star Trek Picard, the premiere episode, and he walks into like his archive, and there's all like the cool things in there. You're like, well, that just works. Yeah. That's awesome, right? That didn't feel forced at all. But sometimes the the lower decks definitely feels forced. 
But this was this was neat how we're like, okay, here we can go to skydiving on SETI Alpha 5, which is obviously the planet that Khan and his right. augments got stranded right. on. Right? And the, the dumb... That, that might be the worst episode of The Next Generation, by the way. I'm, I'm putting that out there as a hot take. Mm. That episode. The game. That might be the worst Next Generation He episode. gets a girlfriend, man. Leave Wesley alone, okay? That's Ashley Judd, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> Hold on. Young Ashley Judd. Hold on. This is, this is a debate for another time, but what about Code of Honor, man? I mean, Code of Honor is just is all kinds of wrong, but like, man, the game just makes Riker look like an idiot. He was just makes having the rest some of the fun. Crew, the crew, but the crew don't behave like you expect them to behave, and it's like I have a problem with that. Listen, I'm even saying this is a worse episode than Sub Rosa, which is <laughs> Dr. Crusher has sex with a Scottish space ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy just like grandma did you know we need to like eventually do like a best of the worst episodes of like star trek it'll be great i mean hey look look final four you know bracket stuff is coming up here pretty soon we should do like our own brackets of like best of worst trek and, and see what happens yeah, sure. I'm up for that. Let's do it. Let's do it. When is that? March? That's March, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's when the basketball is played. Yes. That's when, <laughs> when the sports ball happens. <laughs> Good old hoops ball. <laughs> is that where you take the ball, you run it down the field, you put it through the home plate, and you make a, a, a net thing? You put the biscuit in the basket. Got it. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we we kind of have after like explaining what the holodeck is, which I like this. Like again, we're making it digestible for new and younger audiences, but we're also like doing a little bit of fan service, not overly gratuitous, I don't think at this point for those that have been watching Trek for a while. Um like explain what things are. And it's about this time afterwards that we we really have like the split in terms of the story where we have the a and the b thing going on we have the a which is primarily um dal and jankum there for a little while and then we have like the rest of the crew that are off trying to figure out how to get back to federation space and also kind of noticing like there's like a glitch of some kind that's kind of going on with janeway which needs some more investigation we'll talk more about those um as we go along uh, which which one would y'all like to tackle first? You want to talk about um, the the Dal storyline or the crew storyline? I'm down to go with the Dal storyline. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay, one. gang. So Janeway is like being like I don't know. She's like she's like throwing like a little bit of shade at Dal. I kind of like it. Like hey. You want? I don't think you. I don't think you want that. I think you want to play this one. I think this is more your speed type of thing. Um, oh, this is for the best of the Starfleet captains. Let's go, somebody. Let's activate this program. Janeway, buzz off. And what pops up, everyone? Good old NCC 1701D, the Galaxy Class Starship Enterprise. 
in all its glory. And I was like, this is going to go either really, really well or it's going to go really, really poorly. One of the two. And I just got to say, I love seeing the set, even if it was in 3D rendered form. I love seeing the set. I love seeing the L cars and like all that stuff on display. It was, it was just absolutely gorgeous. And Dal's trying to figure out what the heck's going on. And we have like this like holographic thing that kind of pops up, like asking you to pick the crew. Now, we saw the different icons, and there was like one thing that I kind of had a, a little bit of a question mark going on with. And that is the fact that we had like basically the future imperfect, the all good things, com badge show up as an option for a possible crew member. Did I miss something? Like how how is that possible? Like those are those are yeah, from like alternate the timelines. Good, they were also the all good things combat, just weren't they? Yeah, but those were alternate futures that never happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's just fan service Easter egg. Yeah. Okay, I was just making sure I wasn't like high as a cat. I mean, I might have been. I don't know. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Then Dal's like, you know what? Just give me the best. I can't pick a crew. You pick for me, computer. Well, well, the, uh, well at first, before he says that, I was like, give me, well, what's this J.T. Kirk? We already have a captain. We don't need another captain. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest, though, because I've made a lot of fun of it through Discovery. I don't really enjoy that. I mean, it's fine here because clearly Dal's not going to know who the heck any of these people are. But I do kind of wish we would shift away from doing that because that was the whole, like, the Picard... The, Oh, the Admiral Picard. Yeah, he got golemed once. I don't know who he is. It's like freaking 900 years ago. You know, <laughs> that's it's a small little gripe, but it's just like, dude, just drop the name and be happy with it. Don't don't try and pull that little coy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who pops up? And co- coincidentally, Chase, you didn't mention it. I mean, obviously the name of it. It's the Kobayashi test right right yeah sorry like they're, they're looking through these programs they come across the kobayashi maru program thank you david um but yeah who pops up we have uhura we have spock we have crusher and odo oh my god so as these people were popping up onto the screen like yep. you know first we see uhura and then we see Odo, and then we see Dr. Crusher, and then we finally see Spock. And I, I it was like real life, like that Vince McMahon meme, like the reaction <laughs> yeah. meme, where he's like, that was good. <laughs> oh! And then he's like, the, like his eyes and his mouth get bigger. Yeah. And the final one is like, he's like that, the red eyes, where he's like, <gasps> that was like me in real life. Oh, Uhura, that's pretty cool. Odo! Dr. Yeah. Crusher! Spock! <laughs> w- w- would this be your starting four, though? That's probably another episode, Chase. Like, who's who's your starting five on, on your ship, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, we need a comms officer, right? We got to get in touch with the Kobayashi Maru. I mean, Odo's probably not making my team for this test. I'm, I love Odo, but we don't need uh, uh, a film noir detective here. 
everybody. <laughs> Look, when when Odo popped up and he had like his little oh, like yeah, grunt, I loved it. I loved, <laughs> it. I loved that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was very cool. <laughs> Love that so much, so much, so much. Oh my gosh. Okay. And look, this was like so reminiscent of the episode of Lower Decks with Boimler, like just trying so hard to get like a perfect score on it. I mean, like not to give too much away, but like that—that's really what this was. Like it was—it was, it was um, not a complete. It was kind of a rehash, but not really a rehash. Maybe of of the of Dal just trying to win the Kobayashi Maru like he tries to win any other game that he plays and it's just blowing up after blowing up after explosion after explosion um, trying all these different things over and over again and getting and, and Jenkin Pog is just like loving like how much he's failing over and over and over again well maybe if I had an engineer that actually did something or whatever he says um Get out of here. Give, give me a new engineer. <laughs> look, Good old look, Scotty. I like Scotty, Captain but Scotty. I really would have liked it if they if they threw in LaForge. I, I was honestly hoping for, for LaForge. I really would have liked it if they threw in, like, Trip Tucker. Or, yeah, right? Because be they didn't, cool they didn't get anybody from Enterprise era. Yeah, no. that would be. Yeah, that would have been cool. All right, we got... Where's the we catfish? Got, we got, we got we got next we got original series next generation D Space Nine we obviously we got Voyager in this what show were we missing? That would have been cool. I, and I love I, I love like in near near one of like the final attempt n- nearing the the final attempts that he's doing like the nicknames that he's given these folks like he, he calls um, Uhura earpiece. Yeah. And Odo, Jellyman. Jelly like, <laughs> and Scotty, like, mustache, mustache. guy. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years Crusher and Big Red. Big Red. Big Red. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I, love, what I love, though, is, like, the first time, he's like, I've got the solution right here. Does anybody know anybody on that ship? <laughs> nope. All right. Yeah, Let's warp out of here. <laughs> We're out of here. And Odo... Odo is like gonna stage his own coup because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I refuse to leave these people behind. <laughs> that is that is an interesting solution to the problem, though. You just <laughs> ah, we don't know those guys. Let's just let leave. <laughs> yeah. There. So the, the the one part. So I think it's his final attempt, uh, where he, like he's gone mad and even. Um, even Uhura is is giving him a hard time, is when yeah they're like sitting on him to keep him left behind the console. Thunderstruck comes on. Good old AC well, shows up. It was like a non copyright, you know, copyright free Thunderstruck. Right, the let's, instrumental. Let's, I didn't even notice. Let's that. not get crazy. This is like we're not trying to get a DMCA strike here. All right, so <laughs> close enough. <laughs> <laughs> shows up and this is this is one thing I wanted to, to maybe talk about just for a second so in all seriousness I know that um, some fans not all but some Star Trek fans give um, the JJ movies a lot of heck because of the use of like Beastie Boys and how much it's used in in JJ Trek does this work 
and the, does the ACDC song Thunderstruck, whatever, does it work here? If so, why, <laughs> why does it work if it does? I don't know. I, I personally, like, if we're talking about the solution that he comes up with a problem, it's so highly improbable that it's it's not even worth, like, dissecting for me. But because you have effectively a, a kid who is going insane after doing the same unbeatable test a hundred times, and he's got a crew which is not just resetting. They're there the entire time, so they're even learning about him. So they're cognizant of each of his decisions throughout the entire thing, and they're doubting him. They're, you know, the first, well, the first uh, part of it is like, you know, mutiny. Odo's going to resign his commission, you know. So you have you have that whole dynamic of it, and then all of a sudden, because Dal's kind of a crazy person as it is, I mean, he tried to, what was it, the first or second episode, he was trying to escape with, like, a crawler through the shield. Like, I don't, it's like, what were you thinking? You, It's not, like, space-worthy. Uh, so the solution fits his his overall scripted personality here. And then just to have the little bit of music going on and his little mania and everything, it, I thought it was fun. It was just very fun for me. The actual solution to the problem is so highly improbable. It's, again, it's, it's a little laughable, but it was a fun sort of, you know, grouping of scenes. Roger that. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess my problem with the Beastie Boys is not the choice of the song, it's what happens when they use it, and in Star Trek Beyond, they say we're going to use this as a disruption signal to disrupt the carrier wave between these ships, but then it ends up blowing up all the ships, which makes no goddamn sense to me <laughs> if you pay attention to that movie, which is one of the reasons why I think that's the worst Star Trek movie ever made, but that's a discussion for another time as well. I guess this is a podcast where I'm just talking about the, my least favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess, like, yeah, I mean, as David said, like, I was watching his, you know, his way. Oh, they, you just got to go crazy so they can't predict you. D eject the warp core and fire all the torpedoes <laughs> at it and turn up the music so they can't hear. Like, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And... It, I think it's supposed to be ridiculous because we have to keep in mind that this is a show targeted at younger children yes. as well. Yes. Right? It's not supposed to be... We're not supposed to look at it from the eye of is this the most scientific way to figure out the problem? Right, right. Now, now, granted, you could you could make the case for some of that if you were to have like a, a sonic disruption over the communication channel and... You, you know, the warp core thing, I guess, technically could work, even though it would seem no, like no, everything everything would either be blown up or there would be intense radiation all over the place. You you would blow up your own ship if you were that close <laughs> yeah. to an exploding warp core. Well, and then then beaming over to the, the next Klingon ship, they would have had to have their shields down for some reason. So right. yeah. <laughs> it's like it's 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 almost plausible, but it's obviously not, you know? 
and then he puts his feet up on the council and he shoots his shoots yeah. torpedoes and blows up his own ship. He's like, yeah, I figured it out. I did it. Oh, damn. Look, I don't know what was worse. I don't know what was worse. Like the, the Enterprise crashing on, um, on the planet with the saucer section and everything, like having miles and miles of of like a, of, of Meridian three. Yeah, I, I like or or just freaking seeing the the whole Enterprise D just in shambles in space. I don't know what was worse. <laughs> like both of them make my Trekkie heart hurt and bleed a little bit. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know you know what made my Trekkie heart hurt a little bit, and then I was like it was saved a little bit later. I legitimately thought they were gonna have Dahl beat the test, like. I legitimately thought that's what they were going to do. And I'm like, no way could this guy beat this test. And I was like, okay, whew, good. Like, they, they they did something at the end to make him not beat. Because I was like, no, no way. And I was thinking maybe because it's a kid's show, they're trying to show kids that, like, maybe kids don't understand the idea of the no win. And it would sure. be too complicated of an idea, and they want to show, like, somebody finally overcoming and, and solving it and becoming victorious. But I was like, don't do that. And I was like, who? Okay, you, you, you're okay. Well, the, 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 only, the only pushback I would give to that, and, and it's, it's the right point, but I don't know, man. I remember a lot of, like, really sad lesson movies and shows mm-hmm. when I was mm-hmm. a kid. And having to confront certain things like, uh, well, the fox and the hound jumped to mind really quick there, or Bambi. <laughs> you know, just some of just some of these these like really heavy lessons that were animated, and I, I, I hate I hate coddling kids. Like there's a there's a time and a place. There's also a time and a place to help them learn, but. I think you you could have made a really cool mature moment with Spock's avatar here, uh, where he he does he maybe he gets really really close and then he he does fail and then they even piped in the line too about you remember or you remind me of another you know uh, whatever the line I don't remember the exact wording of the line but um, well your stubbornness reminds me of another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the, the, there's there's a there's a chance there, but it, in a way, it's it's kind of underestimating your audience a bit. But again, it's kids, and I thought that the the eventual solution was perfectly fine. But I'm with you. If he would have beat the Kobayashi Maru, it would have just completely like, no, no don't do it. <laughs> that would have been very very bad. Just out of curiosity, was I the only one that was trying to place which episode went with which um, lines of of dialogue? Yeah, yeah, I was kind of trying to piece well, that I mean, here and there. Obviously, Spock's last question was from Unification. Unification Part Two. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember where the other things came from. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So yeah, um, doubt finally like arrives at like the purpose of of the game right the the test that he went through uh which is what we all know 
uh, no-win scenario, what it's like to when a captain has to face life and death and no-win scenarios, basically, for, on behalf of his crew. Yeah, you will, you will know fear, right? That's right. I actually think that's a good speech from the J.J., not to poo-poo the J.J. Abrams one too much, but, like, when they're having their big meeting at the after Kirk has cheated, right? Right. And Spock gets up there and gives his speech. I think that's a pretty good speech. Yeah. I did, like, I will say, like, whenever the, the Kobayashi Maru um, distress hail came on. I was like, hey, good old Wrath of Khan. I love that. Well done. I enjoyed hearing that again, even if it was an animated form. So. I, I don't know if you know this. What, so, the, the the holograms, was that all soundbited? Except for uh, except for Gates, Gates McFadden. McFadden. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was cool. That was, that was really cool. I really enjoyed, really enjoyed that, and um, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool, like to see um, what fans of this show that are, are new to Trek, like if this is like something that gets them to go back and like watch more of the classic stuff, whether that's TOS, yeah, Next Gen, Voyager, whatever. And I know that's jump is jumping ahead to the end, but like right as the episode ended, right, it was like in loving memory of you know yeah. James Dua and Leonard Nimoy, Renee Obajuan. Right. Yeah, you know, who, who all inspire us to uh, boldly go, which I love about that. Yeah, that was a, yeah, it's a classy, classy move. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, let's talk about the crew. Um, so, the the rest of the crew, while Dal's doing all this, they're they're trying to figure out uh, what's going on with the ship. Um, they're also, um, it, like like I said earlier, there was like this little little brief glitch that was going on with Janeway um, and, I, and they think that like parts of her um, memory have been like deleted or something like that um, and in reality it's just been kind of I don't know hidden away classified classified basically yeah and uh, we have to we have to figure out what the heck's going on so um and of course, Jane hologram Janeway is like, well, if you're gonna go inside a girl's head, I need a cup of coffee first. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, like I, I know, I know, I wanna, I wanna even back up before we even, okay, we sure. even get to that because, like, you know, Gwyn, right? This is literally like right after the last episode where Gwyn's father chose the ship over her, and she's like heartbroken because she's given her entire life to her father and to his mission and, and for her to, for him to just turn his back on her she's like really down in the dumps and she's like you're perfectly healthy Zero comes in what are you still doing in sickbay I'm sad and I don't remember the exact words but like Zero gave a pretty good pep talk I thought right like hey we need you on this crew you know language is not just about translating but it's about interpreting and we're gonna need somebody like that Right, um, to go on our mission, and he's like, "I hey, I've been, I was pulled away from my Medusan hive mind, and I lost everything, but I found a new purpose. And you know, you've been taken away from everything you knew, and you can find a new purpose. There's, there's got to be something for you here." So I thought he was a pretty good pep talk that Zero gave to, to Gwen. And then, Quinza, j- just to. I guess even back up just a wee bit here, there was a partial like, I don't know, 
if you want to, just more like Gwen backstory. Is she supposed yeah. to be like a clone? Or like some sort yes, of what, like, what, what do you, I, I guess maybe I should have had that second rewatch, but that was a little. So yeah, this is like the mystery, I think, that the show is setting up. It's like, you know, it flashes back like 17 years ago and he's looking, the diviners looking for the protostar. So apparently it's been like crashed for a long time, right? Yeah. So they've been looking for it for a long time, which is like, how did our people find it so fast if somebody's been looking for it for 17 years? But it's like, whatever, we can gloss over that. Um, and yeah, he's like, well, I, I, well, and he's like sick and dying. So like maybe the he can like use the protostar somehow to heal himself. It was like, this is the mystery. Like, you know, it's we don't really know. And then I think he's like, if I make, yeah, a child, like, but I'm not allowed to, but somehow he goes into, like, a back-to-tank, and uh, he can, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, a make a child gel. somehow. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> well, even and, in, like, his little robot friend yeah. is like, you can't do this. This is against the rules. Like, what rules? What, like, this is, this is a mystery. Yeah, I wanted to, so... I wanted to um, to back up for just a second, like with the uh, um, like the language and like the interpretation type of thing. There's a there was a, a song that I remember listening to uh, when I was a French minor in college, and you worked the, the mines, Chase. What did you mine? Opals, mm, sapphires, you know, all the fake stuff. Like you know, sorry, it was really stupid, like but it's fine. My brain works that way. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's all, it's fine. Anyways, there's um, there's an artist named um, Helmut Fritz, and he's a francophone um, artist. And uh, with French, like you have like your your traditional regular French, basically, and then you have your your francophone, which is like like there are very subtle differences, like with the French language. And like for example, like breakfast is petit déjeuner. Um, lunch is déjeuner and dinner is dîner. Whenever you're doing um, like francophone type stuff, it's going to be like déjeuner, dîner, and soupe. And in one of his songs, um, he actually makes fun of that that idea, like how can you be having breakfast for lunch and lunch for dinner type of thing. And if you didn't know like the subtleties of the language, um, it would be very confusing. So like that that song was like on my mind and I had to go like listen to it after the fact I'm like yeah okay I still got it and, but like like I think that's a good example just in like the French language of like the whole like yes you can know what the literal meaning of something is but if you don't understand like the the interpretation of what they're trying to say it can really put you in a whole heck of a lot of trouble um, like you can have like those those faux pas kind of moments with um, with people that you're trying to talk to and trying to communicate with but so was um, was General Grievous now like Gwen's mama, since he kind of helped conceive her in the back to tank? I'm just saying, he pushed wet, the button. Wet nurse, the nanny, who knows? <laughs> I mean, come on now, come on. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like with um, 
like what this mystery is like is she like a female clone kind of thing like what the heck is she how do how does the Valnacot actually like reproduce like do they use like these these tanks to do it or or what I don't know thoughts I don't know. Not we'll, really. We'll, That's fi- cool. we'll find out, right? I, yeah. I'm not like I more said, information. I'm not the theory crafter here. I don't have to try and figure it out ahead of time. I don't like. Ju- I don't need to know who the killer is beforehand. I'll just find out when we all find out, right? I don't need to figure it out an hour ahead of time. But that's the fun. Like, <laughs> like I did it. I knew it. Not ah. for me. Not for me. When they all when right. they reveal right. the answers, that's when I'll know. And that's that is why Eric wears the cardigan. <laughs> Such a good feeling to know you're alive. Thank you, Eric. All right. So where were we? I lost tra- I lost my own train of thought. So where now we're we? we're, um, we're gonna we're going into like the ship database, right? To try and figure out what the Protostar's mission was right. before we got here. And we find out that there's this Valnacot language that has been, like, deliberately placed in the code um, to, like, cover stuff, hide stuff, um, do, like, some smoke and mirrors type of stuff with with whatever the mystery is with the Protostar and whatever it is that's being hidden, basically. And this is where the pep talk that Zero gave kind of comes into play with, like, that whole meaning and interpretation kind of thing where Gwen really gets to shine and um, I don't have the line specifically but it has to do with um, like what never give up never surrender type of thing I think there was like some galaxy quest in here oh you mean like the line that her father told to her and then yes. she used it as like the code to open it up that's right yeah I don't remember the line it's fine it's fine um, am, I, am I getting too far ahead no, no, I, no, I mean, I, I think it, that's that's another part of the mystery, though. Why, why would their language be a part of some program within the Protostar? Um, and then, I guess, subsequently, are we starting to get into like a uh, what was it? The, the the Pegasus wasn't that the the ship with the 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 cloaking technology? Yeah, the like the transphasic cloaking technology that got stuck in an yeah. asteroid it's like are we are we getting into like a scenario like that like maybe at one time you know our, our guy did have it and then screwed something up or something like that and yeah I don't know we'll, we'll wait and see no <laughs> no, Eric. Stop it. We'll know. Well, it, it, it's, it's just kind of one of those things. It's like, were they working together at one point? Like, the Federation was working with these people. Maybe this technology was something that they gained from them. Maybe it wasn't like a Federation either idea or something that they had generated. So it could have been like a mutual. And then, <laughs> I'm actually evil. You know, what I mean? yeah, I'm taking mustache. it from you. <laughs> twirl the mustache. Yeah, but you yeah. ain't got no facial hair to Because like then we we break the code and and all the stuff pops up and we're reading little fragments of it, aren't we? And somebody says, we are. Oh, "What's this?" And we click on this and like a little hollow of Captain Chicote pops up. Right. 
which we all knew Robert Beltran was coming back. So this like wasn't that much of a surprise. But it was still right. Really and cool. if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, I called one of the one of these. This is like one of my theories. I called that good old Chakotay was going to be the captain or the former captain of the Protostar, and something happened. Mm-hmm. Boom, shakalaka! Here we go. Baby. And yeah, this hollow thing is like we're under attack, and uh, then there's a hollow inside the little hollow recording is hologram Janeway that pops up behind her, which I. I, I, I had a hard time making heads or tails of that as I was watching. I was like, wait, is that Hologram Janeway or is that Admiral Janeway with Captain Chicote? Oh, I thought it was Hologram Janeway. Like, just the way, like the piping on like the uniform for a second looked like a uniform jacket to me, uh, or an Admiral's jacket to me. But then like on my second watch through, I'm like, no, no, no that's, that's still the Hologram Captain Janeway. Yeah, I, I, I had the thought, but, you know, kind of shifted shifted a little quicker I mean that would be interesting because I guess the the eventuality is that we probably find Chakotay again and hopefully not just like a Skellington somewhere um, but if you had if you had like Chakotay and Admiral Janeway you had to like sort of save them that'd be kind of cool just see them both back in there well I mean we know we have um, what David Diggs Who's gonna play like one of the characters? Uh, Jason Alexander, um, and what is her name? Like the girl from the the actress from uh, The Good Place. I can't remember her name. Kristen Bell. Shoot. Huh? Kristen Bell. No, 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 no. Um, dadgummit. Jamila Jamil. There we go. There we go. That they're they're all supposed to be part of um, uh, Chicote's crew mm-hmm. at some point. So, I mean, we we have I don't know how many episodes left. I think we have like four, five left of of this season. So I mean, they gotta pop up pretty quick for crying out loud. So, and that's it. We we roll credits, and of course we had like that little that beautiful little. Um, in memorial, in memoriam type of thing to uh, Nimoy and company um, that made an appearance in this episode. So I thought this was a great, um, a great episode to come back to Prodigy with. And um, any any other final thoughts, um, any final discussion pieces before we roll into ratings, guys? No, nope. no, no. Okay, so um, let's let's talk about. Um, um, We can do Delta. Do you want to uh, let's do Deltas? I, I <laughs> okay, so so Deltas, right? Science. Yes. Nope. Engineering. <laughs> nope. But that's okay. It's okay. Because this show is about leadership. I, so far, I think this show is all about leadership. And, you know, Dal is calling himself the captain. He's like, I'm the captain of this ship. Uh, but, no, you appointed yourself the captain. But, but, and Dal is not a great leader yet, but that's okay. But everything that I think, every episode that we've seen has been trying to, like, teach Dal how to become a better captain and how to become a better leader. And he's learning some lesson along the way, and he's being molded into this 
into this leader. And I think we always find at the end of every episode, he's like, he learns something that he's going to help that I feel that's going to help. And, and I like where they're heading with doll. I think there's a lot of good character growth and development. And I, and I see, I see a good leader being molded here. And I really like what I see. I really like the lessons that he's learning from, you know, hologram Janeway and here from Spock avatar Spock yeah. right so I think I think while he is not a great leader yet I still will give this a leadership delta because I like what I'm seeing from this is this our first one of the season what do you mean first delta for the season I don't know all right well, do, do you track that <laughs> it's not uh, no just the numbers I just go by the numbers everyone <laughs> All right. David. Yeah, but I yeah, I agree. I mean, definitely leadership delta there, but it, yeah, it's it's a learning process. They're they're essentially in the cadet realm right now. They're they're learning how to be better better leaders. Um I mean, I could potentially you know, think about like a quarter of like an engineering delta though. And the only reason I say that is because they are attempting to solve the the classified information problem and they do so while it's not very technical it, it's it's still there they were able to crack through this language barriered code and um you know effectively i don't know if this is like ship's log or ship's records or both or whatever so there was some advancement there but i mean they, they, we're, we're not we're not we're not talking science I mean, this is—we're not on a scientific mission here, you know. This is, this is, this is just getting all the all the feel goods out of the way. <laughs> all right, um, I think like that's the thing that uh, I'm with. I'm with Eric on this. That I think this show has been a lot about like a, um, a leadership study, um, in terms of like what's it mean to be a leader what's a good leader look like sound like behave like function like whatever so um i think it's pretty on the nose when it comes to that the no science no um the the engineering it's a stretch it, it's a stretch with like but it's like it's like cadets like figuring out like how the innards of a computer work and algorithms work so um yeah we'll, we'll we'll give it a little stretch on that now um and i failed to to explain this to anyone that is the first first time listening uh, if it's your first time listening deltas we look at the different divisions of starfleet service um, so uh, command science and then um, engineering and operations so let's ro let's roll on to our numerical ratings um one being a dumpster fire 10 being absolutely amazing um so let's start with um with eric on this one Eric, what would, how would you rate this episode? Well, this show, first of all, I, I hate Paramount Plus, CBS, whomever it was, Alex Kurtzman, whatever, that made the decision to delay this eight weeks. Like, whoever you are, screw you, because, like, <laughs> <laughs> right? This episode should have aired m months ago. And... And this this show is so much better than Discovery. It's so much better than Lower Decks. It just is. 
right? And I know we've got a much smaller sample size, right? So, it, but it's just better. And this episode was just so much fun. Like, I had so much fun watching this show, which I don't always have watching the other shows right now. And mm-hmm. I literally was like the Vince McMahon reaction meme during this episode. Like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and I, I don't know. It, call it fan service, whatever. Like, it worked. It worked for me. And, you know, we have this a really good story about learning how to become a better leader. And we've set up this really good mystery. So, I, like, I want to come back and I want to figure out what's going on and i thought this episode was fantastic right i really did i mean it's not a nine because it's too short let's uh, let's be honest like i want more of it it's it's like it's too short like so it's not like a nine but it's it's at least an 8.5 8.6 all right what do you got david um yeah i mean it was it was a it was a great episode and you know, we've talked about it. I agree with Eric. I, I think that the pause was dumb. I would have much rather have just stayed with this and went right on through and, and gotten through the story. Um, I, I I don't think it was necessarily short. I actually thought, for me, it felt pretty, pretty adequate, you know, just in what they did. I think that they dealt with... Um, the, the Kobayashi Maru and that leadership angle really, really well. Uh, I think that they kind of dealt with uh, with sort of Gwen into integrating a bit more into the crew, and we'll see how that pans out later. Um, I thought that was that was nice. Uh, you know, the crew kind of rallying together a little bit more for, for some common cause. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was... Yeah, I, I just had a really, really good time watching the episode. I actually will give it a nine. Very good. So when when we got to the Enterprise Bridge, with like the like the the horseshoe and everything, and we had Big Red, we had Jelly Man, right, all pop up, I was like this is awesome. Like, I don't do, like, fantasy football, but, like, goodness, man. Like, like the fact that, like, you can, like, put your own dream team together, so to speak, and, like, to do this mission is fan-freaking-tastic. The only other time that I've really experienced, like, anything like this from a story perspective in Star Trek is the comic book series The Q Conflict. And you had, like... Uh, Q and uh, was it like Trelane and um, it was someone else I can't remember who it was but like pulled the different um, the different crews like from all across Star Trek to like do these different things and the fact that we got that we had Odo with his loved it like just, just everything about this I loved and I think the only thing that um, was kind of a down for me was just how quickly this ended. Like, how quickly it ended, and um, it seemed very heavy with Kobe, the Kobayashi Maru, and, like, very, like, bite-sized, like, very fun-sized when it came to, like, the, the mystery behind the algorithm, basically. Um, 
That being said, not a 10. And I'm, I'm like right up there with you. Like, I love this episode. Like, I really enjoyed the mess out of this episode. And, um, I was, I was like kind of teetering between like an eight, eight and a nine. So I think since David boldly went, I'm going to boldly go myself with a nine as well. Like, this is just, this is a great, great episode, great episode. And, um, since I brought it up at the beginning, I'm going to be that guy for a second we would have potentially had two episodes that we would have been reviewing on essentially the same night, the same weekend, Kobayashi and Kobayashi Maru. So when we, when Kobayashi Maru, the season four premiere for Discovery came out, these were our ratings. Eric gave it a five, David a 6.4, and I gave it a 6.6. That episode was terrible, by the way. Like, (laughs) that episode was terrible. I, I mean, that Discovery oh. premiere was terrible. Kobayashi. Prodigy episode. Episode 6. Good old Eric just gave it an 8.6. And David and I gave, gave it a 9. Two wildly different experiences. And I can't help yep. but think, like, would our numbers have, have been different had we been reviewing these like that same weekend, basically. Like, would they've been higher? Would they've been lower? I, would we been I might have ra- more I might positive, have more this negative? Higher if I watched the two episodes back to back. Ten, eleven. Is it eleven? <laughs> this goes up to eleven. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, what do you got? Twelve. This is a twelve. All right. All right. Well. Unfortunately, there is no um, no Twitter poll this week. Uh, there were too many explosions that happened in the Twitter sphere to uh, prevent a rescue in the neutral zone. For I got nothing. We got, there's no Twitter poll. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we will be back next time uh, to talk about um, the next episode of Prodigy, and um, we will be doing it ideally all in person. So us three will um, hopefully be recording the next uh, little discussion of Prodigy in person. Um, so uh, that's going to be very exciting, and I'm looking forward to that. But what did what did everyone else think of this episode? Did you like it? Were you are you happy to have uh, Prodigy back? Um, are you not so happy about it? Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, get a hold of us. Uh, you can send us an email, uh, trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice only transmission to eight one seven seven five two. 4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before the Klingons beam over and, um, well, you know, kill you with their bat leather or something, so be quick about it. Um, other than that, if you uh, want to mail us something, you know, like the codes, the the random Valnicott, uh dictionary word phrase thing to unlock things, make sure it gets to us. Uh, Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.